grab your anoraks, your Pacamax and your wellies and head for the beach here in Salerno campus. Heavy, persistent rain is in the forecast all day for the visit of the Giro d'Italia, so go prepared or stay home. But if you are heading into town to see the race, watch out for disruptions to the rush hour traffic across all approaches to the waterfront, with multiple road closures around the Via Generale Clark and the Lungomare Cristoforo Colombo. The race is due in about 5 o'clock this afternoon, and so to get you in the mood, here's Pendulum with Propane Nightmares. Quite late last night, I was uh, podding with David, and he asked me the very simple question, where are you? And I couldn't answer him, because even though I knew that I was sitting at a smoked glass table with rather overcomplicated uh, sort of wrought iron legs on a plastic moulded seat that was incredibly uncomfortable, with my back to a window I can't open properly... Um, I didn't know where this furniture was actually located in the sense I couldn't put it on a map of Italy. Um, I knew roughly that we were close to Naples and we were on the coast and in a big city, um, but I'd forgotten the name of the city. So Dave, I knew it began with an S and David, um, trying to help me out and just being the sort of gentleman that he is, um, prompted me and said, oh, are you in, um, are you in my favourite place in Italy? And I thought, sounds a little bit unlikely and from what I know of David and what I've gathered of the kind of surroundings immediately outside my hotel, which is not particularly salubrious, um, I went, I don't know. And he said, you had Sorrento. Oh, and then he mumbled something about Belle Epoque beauty. And um, to be fair, I arrived here fairly late last night, so I couldn't really vouch for the Belle Epoque beauty. And I just went along with it and went, yeah, yeah, Sorrento. Yeah, yeah. It's not true, is it? I'm in Salerno. And... Um, I've just been for a run up the Lungomare Cristoforo Colombo, which apparently seemingly sort of every waterfront embankment in Italy seems to be called. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit... Um, I haven't seen the best side of it yet. Uh, the beach, though, is extensive, but it's not the golden sand of the Adriatic at all. It's more like a coarse kind of, um, I guess volcanic kind of beach so it's slightly grey because uh, we're not that far from Mount Vesuvius which overlooks Naples and uh, after the race today I'll be driving up to Naples passing Pompeii as I go um, so I'm going to go and um, try and explore Salerno a little bit but it has just started to rain um, and the rain is forecast to set in this morning so I'm glad I got my run out of the way in the dry and the rain is set to set in now and not stop all day. Uh, we're in Rainlandia. We are indeed. It's absolutely pouring. Um, I'm a little bit envious because Ned managed to get out earlier, just before the rain started to fall. But it is falling quite heavily. It's not. It's not just regular rain. It's if you had a scale of rain and in the middle was regular rain, this is, I, I don't know, and that was a five, this would be like a 6.8. So it's quite heavy rain, not ridiculous, but enough to get you con just enormously wet. 
um, by only standing out there for a minute or so. It's also extremely vertical, isn't it? I noticed that. Stair rods. It's, yeah, stair um, rods. Um, and what, I mean, for many of you, actually, to be honest with you, the vast majority will know what a stair rod is, but a few of you won't. But just think about a stair and a rod. They're the bit that used to hold the carpet in place, aren't they? The brass, they were brass, weren't they? And oh, they were dead straight. Is that a stair rod? That didn't, you know, that's a stair rod. Why do you describe rain as stair rods? Because they're dead, if, when it's stair rods, yeah, it's, it's like, whew, straight down. Straight Whoa, lines, yeah, but Stair rods, straight lines. But how you've described it, a stair rod is horizontal, isn't it? Yeah, but when, if you get one of those and actually turn it, oh, unless stair rods is rain to the side. As you look at them, what, you could, pure, <laughs> purely <laughs> horizontal rain. You have to have the clouds on the side, though, and nothing. You just have to, like, if you're a sunny day with clouds on the left hand or right hand side, that's not possible. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, clouds at body height firing rain at you from the sides. <laughs> no, the stair rods, the little rods on the stairs that kept your carpet in place, uh, because people did, used to, they didn't get their, the stairs fully carpeted, it was just a bit down the centre. And to hold them in place, uh, use of a stair rod and a little brass clamp either side and they're stair rods. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just very, I think it's very strange that that, that has become an idiom. You know, it's rain, the rain is in, what is the idiom? The rain, it's not raining stair rods, you don't say that, but you say it's stair rods. What do you say? Is there even an idiom? Have like, I hallucinated it? Is it, is it just, is it just a simile? Is it just like stair rods? It's not, is it? It's like, oh, stair, it's, oh it's stair rods it's, out there. It's stair <laughs> No, it's not that either. Maybe, maybe it's not I'll a thing at all. I'll ask, do you know what? Um, tonight, I'll message my mum, because she, she the sort of she's the purveyor of that, and she could probably give us a bit of context on how you probably say it. She's from the Midlands, and uh, I don't know whether it comes from there or not, but yeah. my dad never used to say it. He was from the, the South West, but my mum always used to say, oh, it's stair rods. I think that's it. I think you just yeah. said stair rods out there. Yeah, stair rods. Yeah. Then there's the cats and dogs one, which is just strange. Yeah. Because they're just different shapes, aren't they? Well, they yeah. <laughs> the dogs on the road were different shapes yeah, yesterday, aren't they? Might have been the smallest Italian dog I've ever seen uh, but there was, in the wild. Oh, that was funny, wasn't it, being chased by that? <laughs> I think you described it as microscopic. Which is a slight exaggeration. This, it's a slight this dog is only visible. But I, I was squinting to, to, to get it into focus. <laughs> dog is only visible if you place him on, on, a, on a little slide in some of that liquid that, that you have to use uh, before you put that little tiny glass cap on the, the on a little dropper you have to use yeah, when you're doing that. Yeah. The dog's that small. Well, the, the, the only reason yeah. I, th- I thought the dog was there, I knew the dog was there, because it was yapping. It was not, I couldn't see a dog. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Talking about animals. Yep. First mosquito of the of the summer Ooh. for me last night, which is why I'm hallucinating idioms and talking about microscopic dogs because I'm very tired this morning, you and I've been for a run as well, so I'm doubly, triply, quadruply tired. But yeah, I had an animal. I was sharing my hotel room in Salerno with an, a very almost microscopic animal. Yeah, they're not yesterday. far from microscopic, are they? If yeah. you were to describe one, um, I had one in my room, but I I I, I, I terminated you dispatched it. it. I dispatched it. How? Uh, I, I think I just did a. It it, it was. At first off, I wasn't. I thought, oh, you know, when you just back squat just to get it out of the way, and that's yeah. like a, an early phase of annoyance. Then, then you get into like ninja mode with a magazine or well, something. You've got like to that, commit. You? you can, you can do that. The, the little swat, which isn't, it's, you know, it's not going to actually do the no, job. I killed it with it. Oh, it was the initial oh, right. kind of swat, almost like a royal wave. Uh, it just hit it one of those backhanded it. But <laughs> just killed it. That never happened. No. What a terrible mosquito! It must have been just an awful mosquito. <laughs> I think it might have been slightly elderly. What? <laughs> Or a trainee. Oh, or, or, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, just a, like a, an Apprentice. intern. Yeah, an intern. <laughs> yeah. So you, so, you didn't, because I had, I must have had about three hours of. You had a, you had a, you had a world tour. Yeah. 
And they always land on your ear, don't they? Right. Very near, close to your face, and then whatever you do, you can't get them. It's 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 exceptionally annoying and massively frustrating. And I noticed when I opened the the sliding window in in the bedroom to get some fresh air in, there was a big mosquito net, a, th- a thick one, um, to let the air in, but not. So it's clearly an issue here. I, that was the one I think I just opened, push, pushed to one side to let the air in, yeah, and with thing. that, the wildlife. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, relatively nice. Your tea was nice. I enjoyed tea here last night. Very and the good, coffee yeah. is. Well, it was quite funny, wasn't it? Because I had to dash upstairs. Sort of, I was on a bit of time pressure last night to go and pod with the, do the post, post-race analysis bit yeah. with David. Um, so we had a kind of specific time slot for that. But it was a four-course meal, wasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. And we would either go for mare or or terra. Or terra. Terra. Yeah. Earth or sea. I guess. Yeah. No vegetarian option. It was either, you know, different types of animal. Either sea-based or land-based. <laughs> there was no plant option at all in there. I mean, there was zero. A, yeah, this is <laughs> just sea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just. But it was quite a shame because we had two courses, and then a couple of our colleagues came down. Massey and Andre came and sat with us a little bit later, 15, 20 minutes. And uh, and I, I'm sure I agree with you. I heard the waiter. I think so, it was the manager. Yeah. Say you can have two options. You can have, quite clearly. Have, you can have a, you can have an antipasto and a primo, or a primo and a secondo. Yeah. Or um, the dessert was, I don't know, some other complicated kind of part of the um, algorithm matrix yeah. choice-making some system. Menu algorithm. But, um, but yeah, that's the, imp- that's the impression I got. And I'd, by this stage, I'd had, I'd had an antipasti, and, uh, which was a little baby octopus soup. Sounds cruel, is cruel, was delicious. And then I, and then I had a, a seafood pasta thing, which was very nice as well. And I was kind of waiting for um, a swordfish cutlet, a swordfish steak to arrive. Um, but then I got the impression that that wasn't going to come anyway. So and then, uh, it was time to pod and with David. There was a big lag. We're talking ten minutes had passed elapsed. So I then I thought, well, I'll just knock it on the head. Left the dinner table, went up to do a podcast, and then you rang me. And then I don't. We don't normally phone each other. We just we just sort of text or or, or we yeah have quite an, inter, an actual interface, don't we? Yeah. So I thought I was quite nervous about ringing. I thought I'm going to have to ring Ned because the swordfish steak had arrived, got plonked down. I thought in front of an empty seat. In front of an empty seat. And I just looked at it, Massey looked at me, and I thought, well, I better, I better ring there to rang you. And, and you, were, you were, I think you might actually have just been podding. Um, but it was consumed within seconds <laughs> by both Andrea and Massey, thank goodness. And, and the dessert didn't arrive. But then I got my main as well, which was steak cut into strips on a bed of rocket and cherry tomatoes, which was lovely. Well, we're in Salerno, Matt. I don't know much about Salerno. I haven't done my, I haven't really done my research on it. I've never, certainly never been here before. There was, a, as I've alluded to already in the pod, there was a slight misunderstanding on the podcast yesterday when David said, "Where are you?" to me, and I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't answer because I'd forgotten the name of the city we're in. Um, and we, I, we tried to guess it, and David said, "You're in Sorrento, aren't you?" Which is apparently very beautiful and posh, yeah, and just around the corner. And I went, "Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sounds about right." Forgetting not. So Salerno, I don't it's think... It's not far off, it's kind of spelling, is it? Not far off, geographically not far yeah. off either. Sorrento, but I think they're very different places. And the impression I've got so far from my run up and down the, the, the sea frontier in Sorrento, uh, Salerno has not been particularly favourable. Shall we say um, it's on the, slightly on the industrial side, shall we say? Uh, or is it worse, worse um, than that? Um, do you know what? I'm going to reserve judgment. We've had another little coffee. The Actually, the stair rods appear to have... Um, Pretty retired briefly, yeah, so there's a little break in the weather, and the, the forecast is terrible all day today. Um, so maybe we should get in the car, get in the car, and get get, then, get down to the finish line, and maybe have a little explore of um, Salerno and try and give it a second chance. Already, yeah, let's do it.
Matt, we're about to go and explore the wilds of Salerno. We've done our prep, haven't we? Um, got sort of broadly speaking ready for the race to start. But um, I've just I've just been digging away a little bit at the recent history of Salerno, and um, again, and it's been a real theme of this opening week of. Um, of uh, this particular Giro because you keep coming back to the events of 1943 we spoke about it in Pescara Ortona and then with Chieti you remember the the um, what was the phrase the open city yes thing. Yep, yep. so even before all that that was um, on the other side of the peninsula that was those battles were being fought between the Germans and the Allies right, in December of 1943 so in May of 1943 the Americans landed in Sicily okay. and, and started to sweep north very quickly after the, the Allied invasion um, their Benito Mussolini's government, the fascist government, was overthrown in Italy because the writing was on the wall. Yep. Defeat was imminent. Yep. And the king of Italy um, uh, dissolved the government, impo- uh, pl- put in place a, a new prime minister and went to meet the allies in Sicily in, um, in a place called Casabile and uh, negotiated an armistice. Okay. So um, King Victor Emmanuel III uh, essentially sur- surrendered to the Allies, at which point Benito Mussolini himself was um, arrested and held in custody, and I'll come to that, where, where he was arrested and held in custody. But by doing that and negotiating the armistice with the Allies, um, and by the way, the, the connection with Salerno is this became, in the south of Italy, this was already uh, being held by the Allies who landed on the mainland here, um, this became de facto the, 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 the new government the seat of government temporarily okay. in Salerno. Um, but uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, but by doing that, effectively, uh, up until that point, clearly, you know, the, the, the fascist government of Italy had been an ally of Germany. Now Germany turns on Italy. So the, the Germans start to attack Italian forces, so they've literally switched sides. So I didn't it's know that, was, that happened so, so late on. I thought it was like everybody at the same time. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's just to break down the chronology is quite yeah. interesting, isn't it? So Germany then attacks you know, Italy, and Germany then effectively literally occupies Italy by force and tries to hold off the Allied advance. Hence all the bloodshed that was to come months later on the Adriatic coast. Benito Mussolini, as I said, is arrested and held in custody on the, at the top of Gran Sasso. Oh, wow, didn't know that. Wow. And um, where we're going to be in just a couple of days. So is it the day after the Napoli stage? I think it is. It is. is. It's a, yes, it is. It's a couple of, only a couple of days away. It's very cold up there at the moment, but yes. Yeah. Adolf Hitler personally authorises and organises a raid to, to free Benito Mussolini, and it's successful. Flipping heck, I didn't know that. So I, I think when we get to the Grand Sasso <laughs> stage, we, we can There's tell a, a little, about, a little yeah, bit yeah. more of that story. But yeah, wow. so Salerno here was the, the the temporary seat of government in Italy, you know, after the after the the, tum, the toppling of the uh, fascist regime. It's, it's fascinating. I didn't know any of that. That's absolutely fascinating. Let's go and get a coffee and maybe some nonsense as well. Yes, indeed. So we've gone for a little stroll around um, the main shopping street in Salerno, actually, which is uh, the rain stopped. It's actually quite nice, isn't it? But we've done this rather quite strange thing. We've stopped outside a shop, which um, we're attracted really by the fact that they're a major sponsor of the Giro and have been for a number of years but we, we every year we struggle to pronounce the brand give it your best shot Mike. okay the brand is Intimissimi Uomo that was very good actually very fluent but we had to be fair we practiced about four times before <laughs> we pressed Intimissimi Intimissimi Uomo, Uomo. Um, they have a, uh, a little sponsor's board placed in a really extraordinary They've position two. It, it's 1900 metres to go like most Sponsors are bang on the kilometres to go, um, but yeah, this one, Intimissimi Uomo, been with the Giro for a few years now. Uh, they're an underwear brand, 
Um, I, I don't know what level. I would say kind of medium to high. Uh, maybe like an Italian Calvin Klein, but maybe not quite as prestigious. I don't know, that kind of area. But they also sponsor, I think it's 1,600 metres to go as well. So they maybe got two for the price of one kind of deal. I don't, I don't know. And more significantly, they sponsor the white jersey, don't they? They do. So Remco has, has got multiple pairs in quite a large presentation box. Now, it's either one pair of pants in a really big decorative box or multiple pairs of pants in a big box. We don't know. Um, and I will ask uh, the press officer at, uh, at uh, Sudal Quickstep for the answer because uh, that would... Cause struggling to sleep on it but bottom line is I put on my pants the other day and I heard a tear I need a new pair of pants and about to go inside and buy some right you can do that alone I'm too self-conscious to podcast in the pants shop so I'll just wait outside here right good luck well that was surprisingly quick you've you've returned with a hundred percent recycled bag that's been and what have you what have you bought I bought a, a little pair of boxes black with a white trim um, and Sounds fairly classic. To it's, it's just classic. And um, as I was looking at them, the, the, the woman in the shop, very, very nice, helpful, uh, said they're very, very fine cotton. And I felt them just to make sure. And that seemed to be the case. And that was reflected in the price. These weren't cheap, Ned. When I say they weren't cheap, they weren't. Can I guess? 30. No, 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 no. No, a lot less. Oh. 20. 13.90. Oh. So it's kind Actually, of. That's quite a lot. It's quite, still quite a lot for a pant. It was stupid. It was a stupid guess. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Slightly even open. even yeah. Calvin Klein's aren't thirty for one pair. Right. Uh, but these, not cheap, but not expensive. So I'm happy. They're in a lovely little bag, uh, and I'll I'll give you I'll give you the lowdown on those tomorrow. Just finally, before we start commentating, we predicted in the podcast yesterday um, that because remember we couldn't remember what had made me laugh. Yes. And we said, sometime over dinner, possibly, in a couple of hours, it'll come back to me. Guess what happened? Over dinner, it happened, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, excitedly it did. So I've remembered what it was. Yeah. Uh, do you want to explain? Yeah, uh, how it's it hard came to, to it. It's hard to explain. So it's, at a certain point, around about, I don't know, 20k from the finish every day, um, Jess keys through in my ear and says, um, we're going to just run in some, light, some images of the atmosphere at the finish line. That's right, yeah. And the atmosphere at the finish line wasn't really the crowd because it wasn't that much of a crowd to speak of, was there? Yeah. It was so remote. Yeah. But what it was, we've got, and we've been billeted with them, to use your phrase, uh, a lot of young youngsters who provide dance entertainment on the on the finish line. I think it's fair to say a mix of uh, lads and, and and young women who prance around and dance and basically have a whale of a time for three weeks. So they clipped up a load of um, this action and kind of like replayed it, and we, we don't really have to talk over it or anything, but occasionally if there's something interesting, pass comment. And there was this lad who did a really elaborate high leg kick, uh, sort of um, high energy, very acrobatic, like a, three, like a basically like a backflip, front flip kind of thing, doing it. It's like a cartwheel front flip. And I thought that needed commenting on, so I said on air, I said, can you do stuff like that, Matt, do you think? Uh, to which you replied. And my reply was, well, maybe not, that, not exactly that, but I can, uh, but back in, I did used to do a bit of breakdancing, just have a piece of lino that I used to put on the floor in, in Watford with my, my big, um, my big uh, set speakers, and, and just, I used to breakdance in Watford. That's pretty much what you said, literally, on the world feed, all around the world, commentating on the Giro. And I, I felt I couldn't just leave it at that because, you know, there might be people watching in Singapore who don't know what you don't know where Watford is. Or know what breakdancing Yeah, yeah, what I think breakdancing seems quite universal, but Watford is kind of problematic, isn't it? So I said what did I say? I said, um, and if you don't know, Watford is a, 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 a small city, a small town just to the north of London. And then that was it. That was the end of that commentary, wasn't it? That, that part. Then we just carried on with the racing. But you, I, I don't know. That triggered us. That that flip flicked a switch. In you me. just you just like, you started and to get the giggles. What, that's what made me lose it. I think you you mic'd off 
then you composed yourself briefly, mic'd on, then there was a, a, a minuscule bit of giggle went on air to the, to the thousands that were listening all over the world, then you mic'd off again, and then lost it for the best part of a whole minute. And that was uh, it, it was, that was, it. That was yeah. Well, hello again. It's back to the coast once more for stage five as the race completes its journey to the Italian peninsula's western flank. The Tyrrhenian is the destination today and a possible sprint along the seafront in Salerno. But to get there, the peloton will have to negotiate a fair old chunk of climbing in wild and wet conditions. Today, nothing is a foregone conclusion. Put his nose in the window, hasn't he, Groves? Whether he's going to be able to sprint after that, I mean, it's a full-on effort just to get the Aussie back into that restricted group where lots of the riders, the main sprinters, are, but they it's haven't like got many losing, he's losing his lead out, man. Oh, it's a and another, and another rider oh, down. That's right, it's Remco Evenepoel, he's down again. Evenepoel is down, and uh, a number of riders brought down by that. A little group has gone off the front. I think Ben Healy is amongst them. Evenepoel hit the deck hard. He's sitting there the second time the world Groves opens up his sprint with two 200 meters to go. Groves hits the front. Here comes Milan. Cavendish in the mix as well. Groves hanging on. That tailwind assisted sprint. The Aussie's going to make it. Cavendish can't get off the wheel. Milan pushing for the front. Groves has it. Cavendish down. Over the line. The victory goes to Caden Groves. What a victory that was. What drama in the final 10 kilometers. Heck, Ned, I'm exhausted. Uh, oh, we're just watching, just watching replays of the initial crashes from the breakaway. But oh, they were like yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, similar turn to go. We're both both emotional wrecks. Uh, a, a real staccato ebb and flow of a stage, but um, a brilliant finale. But there's so much. Not in the best about. way. Although not in the best way. I mean, I'm going to say brilliant finale. I mean, Caden grows fair, but yeah, it was your word. Mm -hmm. We were talking about it. Dramatic is the word, I think, um, and just well, incredible. On. It goes way beyond fair play for Caden Groves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> way, way, way beyond. It goes, it, it, for, in, in terms of Caden Groves, and let's focus on him, it goes, that is not, should not be possible. That is not possible. What he did, slapping down with seven kilometres to go, and then pretty much without too much support, I don't think, chasing back on and then winning the sprint is not possible. It just shouldn't happen. Yeah, he's a, he's a strong boy, um, and I've not mentioned it on the pod, but uh, when he won uh, the Volta Limburg a few weeks ago, I commentated on it, and mm -hmm. I thought Caden Groves in the start list, the field, I thought it was way too hilly, and he, he won it. He didn't win it from a bunch sprint, he won it from a two-up break, the top ten spread over three minutes. So, although today's performance was phenomenal, and he, he had no right really to do what he did, it just shows how versatile he is, and also how strong and how, how versatile a lot of the top sprinters are. But that was some effort, and with in such close proximity to the finish. Um, and he, what, he would have had, at most, two and a half minutes to recuperate, to recover, and to go again. But I think the thing for me, as well as the ability to deliver the power against the likes of Pedersen, Milan, again, we're just watching some replays on their monitor from earlier on, was the intelligence to, to, to do all on the right-hand side to shut the door to everybody else. It was just it was a, an, an incredible sprint. And he's only 22, isn't he? I mean, magnificent yeah. sprint. Yeah, I mean, impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to Doc McCann, right, right of the day. Yeah, I think he's probably the fastest man in the world right now. Probably. Yeah, I think he is. I'd have said. 
Yep, between him and Jakobsen, isn't it? He's not here. If he gets it right, I mean, Milan looked good when he beat him the other day, and but he went a little bit early. But that's sprinting but it, in 2023, isn't it? That's it? It is. Uh, yeah. But uh, he's got more wins than any other sprinter, I think, including Jakobsen. I think I might be wrong. Uh, Jakobsen might be. Yeah, I mean, he's got, got four wins. Yeah, he's got four wins, which is quite quite modest, really, for sprint. It's very modest, but in this current crop, it's pretty. It's, well, he's Anyway, whatever. So where do we go next in terms of the headlines? So you could either go Cavendish or you could go Remco. Remco, it's Remco, isn't it? Cavendish is ridiculously fascinating anyway. But but let's look at them in isolation then. Okay, Remco, the the, the dog crash. And it was, again, we didn't say it here first, but we kind of said it here first on the pod, didn't we? Uh, About about the, um, the, yeah. Basically dedicated yesterday's pod pretty much exclusively to analysis. Quite specific analysis of not Sicilian dogs, or Ligurian dogs, or uh, uh, Puglian dogs, but quite specifically Campania dogs. Campania dogs. The Prozac dogs. The Prozac dogs. They're a different sort of dog. They're a, they're a little bit more laxadaisical, a little they're bit more friendly. Relaxed. They're friendly. Um, playful. They're playful. But also, it, within that playfulness, uh, because they are so laissez-faire, they often wander into the peloton. Uh, and we saw what happened today. We're just looking. Not so it's Caden Groves getting back on. There's no, 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 there's, so that's quite interesting. There's two Alperson de Koenig. I hadn't noticed that at first. There's two of Alperson de Koenig riders. He just dropped back 50 yeah, metres from waited. that from that sprinter's bunch. He'd waited for him and then got him to the front. So what teamwork from Alperson de Koenig as well. And we're just watching the second crash. Remco number two. Remco number two, where he appeared... Go on, be honest. He, well, look at it again. He, he, gen- he, he looked... It was in the bunch. It was kind of like spaced out ever so slightly. He looked left. Oh, my God, we're looking at the sprint again, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, my God, we can't... Yeah. This is when Cav crosses the line on his backside, oh. poor lad. That's, oh, well, that's a, such a... Just, that's nasty. The way his, his knee whipped round, the way that whiplash, that's yeah. nasty, Ned. So, yeah. anyway, just go back to, to to Remco. That second crash, it looked to me as if he looked left and just drifted ever so slightly into an Arkea rider. And then that bumps and he went right. And there was a... a, a um, Trexiger Federer rider moving up legitimately on the right hand side he moved into his path I think it was a moment of inattention yeah. that, that there is. he himself is responsible for yeah there it was again I think I think first to come down I think so I mean he, he, I, didn't, I think we're going to get a different view from him it's also riders in the centre who went down as a result was that a, there it is yeah he bounces off Ma- is it Maz Pedersen it might even be Pedersen it might, ba- it might have been Pedersen it's definitely yeah. a Trek uh, definitely an Arkea rider before uh, but yeah so we're looking at the stream we shouldn't but yeah um but it appears, from what we've seen, that he's relatively okay. Uh, Unbel- unbelievably. Unbelievably okay. Uh, Slapped down twice. Yeah. And, and weirdly, it was, it was Ballerini who was taken out by the dog, and the ripple effect went to the other side of the road. And we thought, oh, Ballerini's down. We saw that. Then we saw what happened. It was the dog. And then next shot, we've got Remco at the side of the road, and we didn't actually see that happen. But um, an amazing day. And then the sprint that, that Grove bossed, he was just... Not, that all happened behind him, didn't it? So, you know. But... Cavendish laid off, was on the inside, accelerated, looking good in about fourth position. I thought, this looks good. Accelerated so hard, his back reel lost traction on the white line. Here's where I, here's where I big you up. We walked the, the last 100 metres, didn't we, or so. You stopped quite specifically on those white painted lines. You poured at them with your foot, the sole of your foot, and you went, oof. And it was drizzly this morning, and you went, these are horribly slippery. You literally pointed out. So we've done, we've done dogs, stray dogs, and white lines. We're yeah. like prophets. Yeah, I did actually say if somebody accelerates hard with you the back wheel here, they're going to they're gonna go. Little knowing that that's exactly what Mark... So that was the first thing that happened to Mark Cavendish. Somehow he keeps it up, doesn't he? Because his rear wheel slips, he keeps and it, it sends him off to the left, veers off to the left. It's, it's, it, it's, you can see him take a breath, like, oh my God, I can't believe the bike's upright. I've survived that. Yeah. And I don't know how he did it. He, he just did. Then he 
gently drifts to the right-hand side, just to risk. He's just like the sprint over. I'm not, I'm, and he doesn't. He's not going to sprint for fifth, is he? He's just going to coast in. And then from the inside, Dionysi comes round him. And although Cav did drift to the right, it wasn't sudden. He was just moving out of the way of the sprint. Dionysi comes round him, takes his front wheel out, deviates quite violently to the left. And then takes Cavendish out and who finishes on his backside. Uh, hold that thought, I'm going to have to do some um, thing, but we've got lots more to talk about, haven't we? Okay. And so we leave behind us Salerno and head towards Naples in the mist. Um, and, uh, and, and leave behind us... Uh, uh, very dramatic stage. Actually, the headline as we moved, as we eventually... I'd done my last highlights thing, Matt, and we walked away together from... Um, from the finish line area towards our car, which we parked extremely strategically, actually. Quite impressed with that. But then that's grand tour yeah. experience, isn't it? Yeah. The, but the headline we got was we bumped into um, Emily Bramier, who I'd never met before. Uh, Matt Bramier's sister, is that right? And she works for DSM. And she was walking away from the podium, having um, looked after the Malia Rosa, Andreas Lechnesund, on the podium. She was carrying the... In, what's it called again? Intimacini. In, Intimacini. It, 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 is it, though? Say, say it again into the microphone. Intimacy me, so, intimacy me, uomo. Box that the white jersey gets given. And uh, obviously, Lechnison had just got key. You take that. And we persuaded her. She didn't take much persuading, actually. I yeah. said, can we have a look inside? And it's actually not her property. It belongs to Andrea Lechnison, but she didn't hesitate. She popped it open. I like that. Actually, not her property, if you're if you, if a solicitor. But that's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. She didn't hesitate. She, she popped the box open and I'd always imagined that, that's quite a big box, but I always imagined there'd be a high quality, simple pant, like maybe a singular pant of their highest kind of spec, presented in a kind of like velvet, you know, present. I thought something along those lines as well. But actually there were kind of like four or five different garments in there and she had a good old rummage around, didn't she? I could list them because I actually had Go good, uh, there's a pair of socks, there's a pair of uh, Intimissimi Uomo socks, a pair of Intimissimi Uomo jockeys, boxers. Uh, there's a pair of Intimissimi Uomo shorts, yeah. like going to bed shorts. Green. Yeah, and a pair of Intimissimi Uomo, well, no, a t-shirt. Like a t-shirt, yeah, yeah. Well, now, the pants, were they the same ones that you bought, do you think, that, for, that you spent money on? Yes, they, they were, and um, they cost me, as you know, 13, 39, I think it was. So there's a, I tied it all up, it's a good 100 euros worth of underwear. Yeah. Um, well, so that, that was that, wasn't it? And, and also, she did mention that um, obviously uh, Andres Lexington stayed in pink. It's a tough day for them. But uh, Alberto Dionisi, there was just at the moment. She said there's been he's been we've been called Matt um, Matt Winston's been called the DS of the team, um, and they think that Dionisi is going to be relegated, and we believe he that he has. Yeah. Well, that was going to happen, wasn't it? We, we 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 called it once we looked at the replay. We called it. Um, although Mark Cavendish at that point had. Managed somehow, somehow, supernaturally, innately to hold the bike up. His sprint was over because um, he just sort of slipped back. But then Dionysi darted at an angle across the front of uh, across Mark's bowels at the front, the bowels of the front of the bike, the bowels of the bike. Yeah, the bowels could, of the bike, yeah. um, and took took his front wheel out basically, yeah. and, and down he went, and uh, and then he high sided in, in the most awful fashion. But yeah, so Mark Cavendish slid across the line in fourth. Um, no real conversation. Apparently, he's got a. a collected his knee uh, so we'll see how that pans out but what an end to well it's just a, a, a very eventful day wasn't it ridiculously so yeah ridiculously so nice little subplots along the way um, I thought it was a really strong ride from Samuele Toccarato like that that was good um, hats off to Stefano Gandin 
uh, for uh, extending his lead in the intermediate sprints competition. That's going to be a little subplot, isn't it? And uh, it's great to see Thibaut Pino battling for King of the Mountains points, but that's very... That's uh, a secondary to... I wonder if that's all of Remco's bad luck done with, because, blimey, I mean, well, some of it, as you, you were saying, has kind of brought it on himself a little bit. Um, the other, the dog-related incident was just completely anomalous, wasn't it? So, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, like you say, it's one of those things. Just It just shows in those sorts of conditions. Oh, you've got, you've, you're just well, you're doing a lot, of face, a lot of facial tics going on, Ned. What, 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 what's n- happening? Name another pro, apart from Davide Ballerini, who has actively been, been brought down by a dog in a Grand Tour. Oh, it was the, it was a breakaway was a in the pause. 2011 Tour. That was a long pause. In a Grand Tour. It's, it's a long pause. Oh, sorry, Vesuvius. Paint a picture. Oh my God! Right. Okay. Paint so a suddenly honed into we're, view. we're just past an auto grill. Uh, it's a long straight bit of um, dual oh carriageway. Uh, and Are you sure it's extinct? <laughs> it looks. It, 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 it is extinct. But like I say, I'm not. I'm not. A, is it a, a, vol, a volcanist? A vulcan? Wow. A volcanoist? But no. It's 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 shrouded in, in a few clouds. But there's a bit of a clue. The sun's doing its best to poke through. Bless it. Um, and Vesuvius is looming, and it's enormous. I remember seeing Vesuvius last year because this is the second time that we've been um, to Napoli. In we went, we came here last time, and we we stayed. We came, we we came to Napoli from the different direction. Yeah. But we're looking at the other. We're we're approaching Vesuvius from the south, and we're looking at it, we're looking at it from the west before we head into Napoli in about the next uh, 38 k's. But it's it's a giant, isn't it? It's a it's a giant, um, and. Um yeah, it's just the way the clouds are just kind of like all drifting around it. It looks like it's on fire, doesn't it? It looks like that's very spectacular. Although it's extinct and, and therefore dead, it's weird. It's extinct, but it's still here. So it's a it's a it's a husk of a volcano, a dormant volcano. Actually, there's a difference between a dormant volcano and an extinct volcano and an active volcano. An active volcano is Etna. A dormant volcano means it could erupt at any time, but isn't currently erupting. And then an extinct volcano, they be- people believe it's completely gone. It will not explode again. Well, you say you're not a volcanologist, but you do a passable impression of one. That's impressive. Anyways, but the rider unseated by a dog in a grand tour? It, I, I don't, I don't, I can't remember. I, it was back in your... Almost your yellow jumper days, wasn't it? Pretty much. I'll give you the I'll give you the year and I'll give you the team, if that helps. Yep. Two thousand and seven. In eight hundred meters, keep left at the fork. And the team was T-Mobile. T-Mobile. The nationality of the rider, Deutsch, German. Stefan Weissmann. No. Uh, Is that Stefan Weissman? Is he even a rider? Or have you just made that up? Stefan Weissman won Tour of Flanders in about two thousand and two. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> And he won, when I rode the peace race, he won seven stages. <laughs> Seriously. Former double German world champion. Nice chap. Uh, built like the proverbial. Oh, we're just uh, coming to a toll booth. Yeah, can you just uh, hold on. Hold the, can you hold my, yeah, my oh, refreshment? Yeah. My refreshment. Um, You've got, I think you might have to... Oh, there you go. There's the, Ving, there's the Jonas. That's, we call the little cards that you go through the toll yes, booths and pay. They call a Vingar, so we just call them a Jonas. Uh, what do I do? Press it in there. Put, slot it in, Ned. Yeah. It'll come back. I should know this. You've done this. You've done this. Yeah. Done this well, okay. An equal amount of times. Yeah. Little, little, little electronic Ariba Dirty. Oh, thank you. You got my refresh. Yeah. refresh. Where did I just yeah. put that? Um, there we go. I've now got. Um, I can't now do anything with stuff. Okay. Can I? <laughs> you hold that. Well, yeah. Okay. I'll put that down there. So, 
put the Jonas back. Okay. And um, the Jonas Vingegaard card. Yeah. The Ving card. Um, yeah, German. T-Mobile, 2007, but not the guy you mentioned. The guy who won the Tour of Flanders, did you say? Wow, 2002. Okay, gap in my uh, knowledge. Apologies for that. Yeah. No. Um, from a, from an early break, actually. Uh, Only recently retired. Only recently retired. Like literally not, in the last year or two. Oh, uh, did, ride, did it ride from Milram? I don't. Th- I don't think so. It wasn't Jens, was it? Jens has been no. retired ages. Completed his career riding for Bora Hans Grohe. I should know this, and I feel a bit guilty that I don't know it. I tell you what, let's go a bit further. Can you give me his, his initials? M. B. Marcus Burkhardt. Correct. And the breed of La- the breed of Labrador. The breed of Labrador was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go. Oh, just looking out. We just in the last couple of kilometres, we've just Vesuvius is now off to our, our right. Um, or is it? There's a lot of mountains. Right? It's, yeah, it's it's amazing uh, what what you do when you travel at speed. Uh, things shift and change. It's all relative, isn't it? As Einstein knew. It is, but uh, for the first time today, it's moved a long way in a short space of time. Do you know what? There's hope because for the first time today, the sun is out. Um, it's um, it's we're going to arrive at our destination at 19:22, and uh, yeah, I think I'm looking forward to a nice meal tonight and a, and a glass of wine to probably reminisce a little bit more about what's been an incredible t- uh, stage. Yeah, and I'm going to try and dial up uh, David Millar. I don't know if he's available, but we'll see. It, uh, either uh, after this, either you'll hear from David Miller. Or you'll just hear Perry's theme tune. One way or the other. Toss of a coin. Don't know. Good stuff. Well, I'm many, many months now into my um, uh, relationship with AG1, with Athletic Greens. And it's still absolutely fundamentally part of my uh, morning routine. Especially when I'm on the road. uh, Making use of these handy little travel packs which uh, pack exactly the right amount that I can dissolve in a, a wide uh, and increasingly bizarre variety of different uh, utensils that I use uh, to dissolve uh, my athletic greens every morning. But absolutely, first thing I do, as soon as I wake up, uh, get it down me because I genuinely uh, feel that it's uh, doing me good and I'm feeling um, I'm feeling all the better for it. <clears throat> and little wonder because athletic greens not only taste good, uh, but it fills just all the little uh, nutrient gaps that we have in our daily lives, promotes your gut health and supports um, whole body vitality. It's got a uh, a blend of nine different health products, multivitamins, minerals, probiotics, something called adaptogens, uh, which sounds enormously scientific. Um, it's all there. It tastes great and uh, thoroughly recommend. And um, Nervous Trace Fire listeners, if you want to get involved, there's a free one-year supply of uh, vitamin uh, D3 and K2 plus five travel packs um, on offer. Uh, just go to athleticgreens uh, slash Far to unlock your special offer. I feel for you, Ned. I was uh, in the studio today, this afternoon. I had to go to Barcelona for a meeting, came back, turned on the race. And it was like 4.30 or quarter past four and there was still 50 k's to go. Yeah, it was pretty slow. And I thought, yeah. ooh. It's pretty... Yeah, was was it behind schedule or was it just as they started later and it was just a combination? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... It was um there was a lot of climbing today. So ergo, there was a lot of descending. Um, and it was, mm. and the first thing that happened pretty much was when the two, two of the four riders who made the initial breakaway 
the first time they they, they just slapped down. down on the first corner. <laughs> and Pino it. got straight on the radio and went, <laughs> yeah. this is sketchy. And everybody just went. So that set the tone for, for everything <laughs> that happened until the last 10 kilometers. So everyone went super safe and cautious. Wow. Um, so that slowed everything down. Um, and, oh, and it was man. wet and there was a headwind. And it was just can it was like a little bit like because yesterday had been so it looks looks yeah, horrible. It was a horrible, it was hideous weather. It was one of those days where you just get flashbacks of like this. These were the even when you're on scintillating form and optimistic, days like this just suck mm. when you're in the Peloton. Yeah. It's a hard first week with weather like this at the Giro. That's not nice. Often is the Giro, isn't it? Early May in in in, in Italy, yeah. it's often the case. We were yeah. lulled into a full summary sense of security in the first couple of days. But David, you obviously didn't see it live today. You've 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 kind of caught up. Uh, yeah, uh, I've been yeah. dipping in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did did just watch the last ten k's right. now. Give us your give us your but thoughts about that. It's just been give flashes. us your thoughts about the last ten k's then. Oh, <laughs> it just looks like a lottery. I mean, it was just, I can't imagine what it was looking like live because at least I was watching it and I just skipped back and kept looking at it again because they were just coming from nowhere, weren't they? Just, just random things. And then you thought, it's all okay. And then Cav, mm. kind of in the finish. I tell you what was mad about the Cav one though. It's because from the head-on shot, you thought he just didn't have the power and he'd already given up the sprint. And it looked like kind of bad Cav. Like on, but then looking at that... They're pulling off that side shot somehow really well at the moment of the Giro. I don't know whether they're getting that from a helicopter. They've kind of. I guess it's from the yeah, coast. Yeah, they can as get well. low. Yeah, that's some. a beautiful shot. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yep. It's an amazing shot. But he was kicking when when he kicked. Kind of, he was coming up fast on on Milan, and and then it's the back wheel slid on the white. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, that's what happened. If I hadn't seen that shot, it would have been like, oh, Cav just didn't have it, sat down, and then kind of in that moment of throwing in the towel, obviously got crossed up and hit Far the deck. Far from it. But he was properly in the mix Far otherwise. from it. Uh, and was, and my yeah. hats off, as I alluded to in the previous part that you haven't heard of this podcast, um, Matt mm. Stevens, when we were walking to the finish line, we walked over those white lines. Matt stopped about 150 meters from the finish line and he looked at those white lines and he just he, he he kind of like brushed his shoe against those white lines and went that's dangerous he he called it yeah he called it six it, hours I mean, before it happened um yeah it's quite extraordinary but i've got it paused i mean you can just see it here i mean how ridiculous is that that just that glaring white line on the sprinter's yeah. line it's just I mean, a madness yeah i hadn't even thought of it that i'm looking at it now and i'm just like just kind of after the chaos of the day, you don't. It's probably getting slightly brushed under the carpet, <laughs> but there's like a slippery white line just down the road. On the a day sprint. when it's a hundred percent guaranteed to be wet, you know it's going to be wet. Um, that was predicted, you know, forty-eight hours in advance. So, ah, oh, well. But Could've on the other it. hand, uh, yeah, it was pretty anomalous, nonetheless, wasn't it? Um, Alberto Dianese has been yeah. disqualified. Take it for taking, you know, that taking, yeah. Has he? Relegated to the. I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw on social media just because he really did just like chop across the whole yeah. road, didn't he? What's your word? Quacker. So, I mean, he's just him. been, he's been relegated or disqualified. Oh, no, Quacked not disqualified. Him, yeah, That's, time. sorry, so, totally wrong word. He's been relegated. Yeah, yeah he's relegated. been relegated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is really that yellow card thing that Adam Hansen was yes, kind of going exactly. about. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was just. It didn't look. look. I mean, I tell you, my, my takeaway from that is Remco as well. What was really interesting with Remco, which when you're watching live would probably get mixed up, was the amount of gesticulating and kind of. Um, he was definitely not mayor culpa in that final crash. Mm. He was blaming everyone else and almost, whereas you watch it and it was like completely yeah, his fault. I'm glad you see it like that. And then it's yeah, like, he's I'm just, glad you see it like that. Yeah, no, no, completely and utterly. But then he's just gesticulating and kind of talking, making a real big show from the moment he's sitting on the floor. Like, you know, when he's sitting on the floor there, he looks like a kid, like a little kid that's just like kind of fallen over and embarrassed and just kind of refusing but to get David, up. David, I don't know because you didn't watch it live. Do you, were you aware that he crashed? Oh, a previous yeah okay yes with the dog. I'd already heard about yeah. that so yeah. I think you have to yeah. give him that and say well you know that. that's the yeah. second time he slapped down the first time was absolutely none, none of his doing and he was just the innocent victim yeah. of kind of like we didn't actually see what happened but he was like it was a domino effect that swept across the peloton after his teammate mm. Davide Ballerini had nowhere to go because of the flipping stray dog <laughs> but um <laughs> So that was that was really unfortunate, and he was lucky, super lucky, not to be badly hurt in that incident. And then I think mm. I do kind of like I give him that that even if he even if his first instinct is wrong to blame other people, I kind of get why because mm. he's just at, he's, he's, had a, he's had a horrible, horrible day, day, and he's he's actually astonishingly yeah. lucky that he seems to be okay and he's still gonna be in this bike race without any further yeah. damage, but. He'll be sore tomorrow, won't he? At the very least, I mean, crikey, two it's times. Going to be bruised up. I mean, it, it, two times. I mean, but the thing is, you saw the crash even with Cav. I mean, that was a pretty spectacular one. But when the roads are this slippy, uh, you you do get away with a lot because the impact, the inertia gets carried. So it's not kind of when it's dry. We often say that the, the worst crashes are the slow crashes. Because basically there's no inertia. All the inertia just gets the vertical impact. Boom. But when it's this slippy, you kind of, it, it all gets, it kind of gets rubbed off a lot slower because you're sliding for so long. So you actually get, and I was looking because even with Remco, it looked like on that his second crash, he was sliding for ages, but his shorts yeah, weren't ripped. Leg warmers as well. There you go. <laughs> I know. I know. That's there the whole point. Yeah, perfect. perfect. So yeah, I mean, you, you do tend to in a lot of those crashes. It's what you it's what you slide into that hurts you, not the actual floor. The amount of times and you saw that kind of, uh, you can just be sliding along, and think you've got away with it, and you're looking at where you're sliding towards. It's more of a bigger concern. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just hoping you rub off the speed before you hit the curve or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super slidey yeah. crashes today. Da- but, Davide Ballerini must have mm-hmm. must have must have slid seventy five meters down the road after Stray Dog Gate. I mean, um, but. Honestly, so Remco and Cav, for two totally different reasons, grab all the headlines. But um, but there a couple of other things that I just wanted to point out. One, and I've mentioned this to Matt already, but Caden Groves hit the deck. Yeah, I know. That's he huge. crashes with seven, seven Ks, Ks to, go. to go. He's got almost no riders to pace him back on. He does it pretty much on his own. A couple of his teammates wait just off the front group. Just off the front group, off the back. If you look at the helicopter shot, a couple of them just drop back off so they can pace him the last 20 metres to get back on. Yeah. And then t- three three kilometres later, he's sprinting for the win. By the way, led out by one of the riders from That's DSM. True. It's I can't remember ever seeing a sprinter do that. It makes, to me, it makes yeah, no sense. Epic. That was a four kilometre chase 
that he did, having crashed, and then to win the sprint, and they were all there. They were, all the other sprinters were there, including Cavendish and Milan and Decker, and da, 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 they were all there. None of them had really missed it, and he beat yeah. them all handsomely. That is phenomenal. What's his What's his pedigree? What's his background, Caden? Well, he's twenty-two, David. He won a stage or one stage, two stages of Vuelta last year. So he's that he's at that point in his sprinting mm. career. We've seen that so many times. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's. I, I think uh, now is, this is win number four uh, this year. Um, That's good. He took two in Spain somewhere, I think, and then he won the Volta Limburg, but he didn't win it from a bunch sprint. He, he kind of like so he's a bit of a he's got classics pedigree as well. Yeah, you know, wow. he can climb. Huh. I mean, he's real. He's a real prospect to win the Malia Ciclamino if he stays upright and finishes in Rome. Um, he's um. proper. I mean. That's he's a, very, that's I think very he's a, cool. I think alongside Fabio Jakobsen, I think he's the fastest man at the moment in the peloton. And a, and a proper bike and racer. a real racer. But yeah. I mean, I, I thought that, that was, he, unfortunately, because of what happened to Cavendish and, and Remco, some of the shine of what he achieved today might be just sort of like diverted. Mm. But, but I, I, that's phenomenal what he achieved today. Really just, just incredible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, Cavendish, oh. what, the detail we've just noticed, um, me and Matt, we just, I've just come from dinner and um, Matt has found on social media, he's found a, you know, the um, still image that they take from the timing camera, you know, which slightly distorts yeah. everything. But, it's, but in this case, yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah. extraordinary, is it? Because you've got these, you know, th- three riders kind of and then four across. riders and then Cavendish sliding. Like that. <laughs> but the amazing thing about Mark is that he's holding the handlebar of his bike. It's, uh, yeah. Look, like he's holding on yeah, to it. I saw that because he kind of supermanned it. It's like he was kind of still had both hands on as his body got f- like high sided. It's just off. incredible. It was because I think I'm right in saying yeah. that there is a regulation about that, isn't there? You like you have to finish with your bike. Oh wow! Well, I mean, that's the sort of thing that I would that Cav would probably have the lucidity to think about. <laughs> in you that do. Moment. You can't run over the line. You still can't run over the line without your bike. I think you have to finish with your bike, no. don't you? So, like, otherwise your placing doesn't count. <laughs> I, I think. Brilliant. And he's actually done it. He's I slid yeah. <laughs> to now fourth place because Dainese has been relegated. That's pretty good. God, you're fourth still with that. He slid into, so he was, he was even fifth, he, was, he slid across the line fourth I think place. Before, he, before he delivered that acceleration that made his back wheel slip out and nearly mm-hmm. unseated him yeah. on the white line, he was, he was pretty well placed there, David. I mean, I oh, know. I mean, that's why I kept watching. Cause if you look at Dainese, um, he was like a, quite a way behind Mark when Mark started that jump, and he was then coming yeah. up fast. So Cava just placed himself yeah. perfectly. I mean, he was going to he was going to be running it close for I the think win. So yeah, and it's Mark for sure, yeah. genuinely. Yeah, which is good. Which is exciting. Although, I think as things stand, I don't know if there's more news over you know now, but I think it's a little bit questionable whether he'll. I don't know. He's hurt his knee. Uh, you see how his kind of leg, his leg, uh, just well, it kind of jack, kind of jackknife, jack didn't that's it? That's a great word for it. it took a vertical flip, yeah. and and I think it kind of like yeah, uh, Matt. That was the first thing I thought actually when I saw it. That looked like such a yeah. violent flick of his have, leg. That's going to have wrenched his like, tendons Ooh. and ligaments and God knows what, isn't it? So there's going to be yeah. inflammation around there. Oof. Um, so let's hope yeah. he could continue. So he's got a few days where you know there there isn't an opportunity for the sprints, but they're going to be hard. It's the Giro, isn't it? It's not like 
Do you mm. know, it's not like what is what is tomorrow's stage? Uh, then? It's Napoli to Napoli, and it's um it's a fair amount of climbing, but it's like it, it should be a day. I think potentially for a small group, tightly controlled to contest it. You know, like this stage last year, slightly different course actually. Thomas de Gent won it. You know, I I. I think uh, right. I think it may be yeah. a day for a break actually, and uh, but the weather forecast is atrocious again tomorrow. More rain, oh, and then no. the day after that oh, is God. a summit finish to Grand Sasso, which is um, not only a long hard climb, it's also at the moment currently my, it was, uh, at some point this, today when the storm blew in, it was minus seven up there in the afternoon, and uh, the the snow what? by the side of the road is five meters thick. Oh, wow. I know, obviously, but in the Giro, they're not going to decide until during the stage. Yeah, Probably I mean... Whether you do it well, or not. Well, I think, I think the road will be clear, but it's a question of whether they can get all the infrastructure, you know, that enough enough space cleared for the snow oh, yeah, to get true. all the infrastructure. When's that, Friday or Saturday? Uh, what day is it today? So Wednesday. that's Friday, Grand Sasso. Oh, nice. I think, I think, okay. I think I'm, I just, I, I'm, I, I'm afraid it's all a blur now, but I think that's right, Yeah. 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 I'll get, get settled in for some Friday afternoon viewing yeah. then. Some live yeah. viewing. Yeah, sounds good. That'll sounds be good. good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You seem quite tired, David. It's quite late, right. isn't it? I'm yeah. quite tired. Yeah, I'm quite yeah. tired today. Have you, have you done some yeah. sport? Just one of those days. Some... I haven't. I think that's why I think maybe I've tired myself from all my previous sports. Would... And then I'm on a kind of day of accumulating. Okay. But that's all right. I'm doing an event on what, Sunday, like a, like, a grand, like a grand fondo thing locally. Which I'm looking forward to. 175 Ks. Well, for you, that's like big climb. Oh, you know who I'm doing it with? Jez Hunt, Jeremy Hunt. Wow. So Jeremy Hunt, he lives here in Dronus. So I persuaded him to do it. So Jez and I, former professional cyclist Jez. Um can we go back almost thirty years, which is terrifying. Well, and we're, this is the first time we'd I, he's coaching because he, he was and he, and okay, he right. manages some Malaysian team that? or something. I was gonna say, like Malaysia's yeah, like in fact, yeah. one of the one of the biggest and most important teams in in the whole of the Far East, actually. Yeah, they're they're a really good team. Yeah, they're still doing still that, jazz, I believe. Oh, yeah, um, so we're just kind of mountain biking together sometimes. So I've roped him into this road ride on Sunday, so that's going to be hilarious. So I'm going to just watch him suffer. I, on I was going to say, I don't, I don't get the impression last time I saw Jess that he's entirely the athlete that he once was. Is that would that be unfair? Like, um, no, well, I would say it's a little unfair because. He'll be the first to admit he hates climbs, he doesn't train, he rides his bike a lot. But you put him on a bike, he's still that dude I met nearly 30 really? years ago who just likes going hard and smashing right, himself brilliant. and having fun. Yeah, so that's what Sunday's going to cool. be. So I've got to, you know, I've got to, like, I'm tapering at the moment, Ned. And you know when you're tapering, you get a bit tired. Fair enough. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay well yeah but i'm definitely going to dedicate some geo right. time next couple i was of thinking days. of you today like your heart and mouth really remco your boy like one of your many boys but um your boy your boy of the moment here's my boy here's my boy uh, yeah i i mean i guess just going back to him there the fact that he was so kind of animated at the end that wasn't somebody who was kind of tired was it no someone it's someone mean, didn't who tired. lost his composure like for annoyed. good reasons yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Um, but what was quite interesting was it took six minutes or something 
like that, I think, for him to actually mm. ride across, you know, r- eventually turn, because there's no, yeah. the, you know, it was neutralized, obviously, at the time, so he knew that. Mm. So there was no, there was no great pressing need. All he had to do was, with his bicycle, <laughs> cross the, cr- you know, cross the finishing mm. line. And he came over with one teammate, I think, or one rider from Border, and, and, and one rider from Cofidis. I don't know who they were, the other ones. And the whole way up, that finishing straight, riding very, very slowly. He was just da 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 da, and the hands were gesticulating. And oh, really? So the chimp, the chimp came out a little bit, I think. Oh wow! It was quite interesting, but I mean, also understand it yeah. was understandable. And I don't think he would have reacted like yeah. that necessarily had he not already been taken out by a stray dog. That's no, true. <laughs> you know, so we'll have to yeah. give him that, I think. But oh. it's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. This Giro's it interesting. Is. And Roglic... Oh, by the way, before we close this off, my favourite shot today on the coverage, which is, this is a detail that will have got totally unnoticed in all that chaos. Um, Caden Groves slapped down, took out two of his teammates. Oh, yeah, just his bike uh, against Roglic. the wall. Roglic's bike against the wall. Bike oh, one four one. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, so you see Kern yeah. Bauman standing there, and then Roglic's yeah. bike one for one. And I remember in the commentary going, "That's Roglic's yeah. bike." And then it becomes you. <laughs> you compete very quickly. You go, "Okay, Bauman's yeah. given ga- Bauman's uh, given his bike yeah. to Roglic or some yeah." And so Bauman's left with a non-functioning yeah. Roglic bike there, and Bauman <laughs> Bauman is just standing <laughs> there. And his first instinct. Is to turn around. He's up against a wall, isn't it? It's leaning against the wall. He turns around yeah. and he just has a pee. <laughs> I saw that. I thought that was brilliant. With a camera just stood there. <laughs> that really amused oh, me. I thought legend. it was the most pro cycling thing ever. There he is. He's just like surrendered his race. Oh, I tell you what, I'll just have a slash against this wall. <laughs> yeah, take, a, take the moment. Opportune. Bit of me time. <laughs> That seems like oh a good God, a good place to end the podcast. Um, uh, um, yeah. I've no idea what the next few days hold, so let's just take it day by day. Yep. Yeah? Yes. Day ciao. by day. Ciao, ciao. All right. See you.